Hello and welcome back to the Not So Fit Couple podcast with your hosts, Lucy Halden. And Benjamin, I know I forgot to say my name, Benjamin Halden. That's the first time I felt confident saying my own name. I'm actually quite good. Why? I said this year that I didn't want for us to miss a week of podcasting. And last week was the first week where we missed an episode. Yes. So I'd like to take this opportunity to apologise to all of our listeners to letting you down. Yeah. It was all Lucy's fault. It actually wasn't. We had the full intention to film a podcast, but our flight from San Serini was two hours delayed, which means we got back very early hours of the Wednesday morning. We Cal can vouch for us, we did have the podcast ready, raring, planned, but then we did say absolutely not because we were just knackered. And yeah. it also might have been a bit of a shit episode. Off no sleep. Yeah, I agree. Sometimes it's better not to. But that is the reason. Mm-hmm. We apologize sincerely. Hopefully you didn't unsubscribe because you hate us so much. <laughs> That's quite good going though. Not missed a whole... What have we got to like, September, mid-September? Mid-September. Mm-hmm. That's pretty good going if you ask me. I'm just a bit hot. A bit hot, a bit clammy. I don't feel... I'm not used to... It was also a Tuesday. I'm not used to a podcast on a Tuesday. Mm-hmm. I feel like I forget my flow. I'm not in flow. <laughs> I'm, I'm fully in flow this week. My, I'm starting my, my new training block. What's your new training which, which block? Which kind of ties into this. It's very, very hybrid, very, very mixed bag because I'm going back to my old marathon. Program. Are you going to actually run all the way up to marathon yeah. distance mm-hmm. just like as a training? There's one of the increase running distance, yeah. Run. Because um, I think it'll help with the high rocks that I do in Manchester. And it'll also help with the thing we have booked in January. Yeah. Quite significantly. And yeah, so I'm, I'm doing the marathon program, which it did for the London Marathon last year, which is actually on... The micro chap is the muscle marathon, so it's a it's a blend of lifting and running. Yeah, and you can uh, actually get discount on that still if you use the code marathon. You get twenty six percent off at checkout if you use the discount code marathon capitals. Yeah. A lot of people have used it for the previous year's marathon. Mm-hmm. I've got a lot of people who are using it for this upcoming year's marathon. Uh, especially if you're someone who enjoys lifting, doesn't want to give that up, and you want to continue with those strength gains. I like how you say marathon. Marathon. I say marathon, like T-H-U-N, like hun. Yeah, I say like on, like you're on it. Marathon. Marathon. Cal, what do you say? Marathon, because I'm normal. Marathon. Yeah, but marathon's cool. I like it. Marathon. Well, come, you're come saying it how... Come back when you get how, lessons, mate. You're, you're saying it how it's spelled. Marathon. Mm. Marathon. This is how I've been taught and paid to, to say it. Yeah. Well, I, don't get, I don't get paid to say it this way. I paid. You paid someone yeah. to learn how to say People it properly. Money off my, on my pocket, yeah. You also pulled me up. You said almond in Starbucks the other day. And I, th- I thought, what is almond? Almond. That's how I was also taught to yeah. say it. So many things that I didn't know how to Nothing's say. Nothing's right or wrong. It's just depending on how you speak. Oh, it's God. unique to the individual. Anyway, hybrid. Uh, they've got two Muay Thai sessions per week, a couple of high rock sessions per week, a lot of training volume at the moment. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Something we stopped ourselves having a conversation before, before the podcast started was the term hybrid. And when I, I will absolutely stand my ground and call myself a hybrid athlete. I think a lot of people get really butthurt by the word. And I, I think I get butthurt, sorry to interrupt, by the word. I, I, I find a lot of people arguing about who invented it or who came up with it. Yeah, that <laughs> also, but I think the definition, definition of what yeah. hybrid is, because the actual definition of hybrid, because I've had to check myself a few times thinking, uh, do I actually fall into that category? It's not just running and lifting. It's endurance. Um, endurance sport. It's not do a 2K and go to the gym. Yeah, improve it's, endurance on strength. It's, it's do a 20K and go to the gym. Consi- like it's, Say that again. I was just saying it's not a 2K and going to the gym. It's, for example, an endurance distance such as 20K and going to the gym. Uh, That's not by definition. It's just endurance sport is you're building your aerobic capacity by going further. It sounds like you're saying, though, to qualify for hybrid athlete, you've got to do... Oh, no, no, you don't need to do 20K. That was just an example. I added a zero onto the 2K. But if you do like a tiny bit of running and lifting, I don't know that does classify you as hybrid because the word endurance means like a long distance endurance Mm -hmm. event. So... And again, that doesn't need to be a marathon. It doesn't need to be a half, but I think it maybe needs to be over 5K. I don't know what is the term for the endurance side of it. But I think that's where it's got a bit misconstrued in terms of the actual terminology of hybrid training. Well, the hybrid athlete combines strength and endurance to push the limits of their fitness capabilities. Training as a hybrid athlete is a fun, exciting and effective training method for strength and endurance. What does it mean by endurance? That's, That's the bit that throws me because I would say high rocks is quite hybrid. Endurance, the ability to endure an unpleasant or difficult process or situation without giving I think, way. So again... I think in, in, he's put in sport endurance because that was just the definition of endurance. So like what 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 are they, they trying to say the word like sporting endurance is? Like an endurance sport. In sport endurance is the ability to sustain a specific activity such as running, cycling, swimming, rowing or and cross-country mm. skiing for a prolonged period. The fundamental oh. requirement for any endurance sport is the ability to sustain a sub-maximal work rate for a prolonged period of time. So again, there's no exact length, yeah. but it's going to be... Prolonged though. But it's going to be based on individual. What's prolonged for you might be different yeah. for someone else. I mean, it is really hard. I think that's why it's so, like, how do you... Because I think high rocks would be hybrid because you've got, even though it's only a K run, but it's eight Ks between. So, yeah, I think that's where people have got a bit... So maybe it could be a 2K. Maybe I was wrong. Maybe it's... But I would see it as, like, an endurance distance. But that distance could be different for everyone else. And this is why it's such a beautiful Mm. thing. There's a sliding scale with it in terms of... Um, where you position yourself on that scale and that doesn't just mean by ability that could mean by the type of event that you've got coming up mm. so if you've got a strength based um, event coming up and you classify yourself as hybrid your training stimulus may be more geared towards strength training and the running volume might decrease mm-hmm. and then if you've got a running 
event coming up, you might decrease the strength element of training and increase the running element of training to increase that adaptation to be more endurance heavy. So that is the beauty of hybrid training. I think that you can move up and down that scale at any point, not even based on ability. That's literally what I did for my bench press competition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I was pushing 90k weeks before the 100k. Still strength training, but not as focused on strength training. And I did a fucking bench press competition, which I absolutely hated. But the running volume reduced like 50k. And I was hitting the gym well hard. So yeah, what you described there is pretty perfect in terms of the sliding scale. I think just thinking about it then, it's it's almost keeping a foundation of strength and endurance uh, maybe throughout and then just choosing your peaks mm. based on how your training is with those different types of volume. Again, world record, heavy carry, now moving into... Um, a segment of training where it's more endurance based. So you've still got that level of when you go into that other version of adaptation, but you still got that foundation there all the time. So whenever you're ready to either pick up the weight or jump on the running track, whatever it is, you can switch quite easily throughout. Mm. I think some people, what I mean by people who've been butthurt is there's some Instagram people who are like hybrid people and they've put up videos being like, oh, hybrids are trend. I can't believe people call themselves hybrids. And I'm thinking, you sound so butthurt. Like, is it not a good thing that it doesn't, as you said before, it doesn't really matter what, because it is hard to coin the actual distance. I don't know if you can actually do that physically. But where people are really annoyed that people call themselves hybrid athletes if it doesn't meet their own criteria. Like I might class hybrid as like, you need to have ran over a half marathon or other people might be like you need to run a 5k so the people who are posting instagram being like you can't call yourself hybrid until you've done this it's a trend people are using it for engagement people think it's trendy i'm just thinking well at least the people are moving more these people who are classing themselves as hybrid at least they're running at least they're cycling at least they're lifting at least they're doing more that you don't you don't need mm -hmm. to kind of take the piss out of them just because they're not up to your standard of what you would class a hybrid as. I think that's where people are starting to get a bit annoyed with the way. I mean, I think it sounds great. Hybrid AF sounds well cool. Yeah, well, it, it then depends whether I think, and again, these are all kind of really digging into the terminologies. Uh, what, what is an athlete? An athlete is a person who is proficient in sports and other forms of phys physical exercise and proficient meaning... Uh, competent or good at something um so again you might you can take something away from that if someone's called themselves a hybrid athlete i think there's got to be some criteria where you qualify as yeah, an athlete you can't athlete. just say you can't just go for your first jog and go i'm an athlete there's got to be some kind of common sense applied to the meaning yeah i mean hmm that's a really interesting thing you just pulled up there I would definitely class myself as an athlete. I'd say you're nearly there. I'd say I'm just, I'd, I'd probably fall into the category just above you and then you're, you're close to getting there, but you, you're just not quite made it, yeah. No, but the reason that I think I'm an athlete <laughs> is because I've competed. I don't know. Uh, that, even that's what I, I don't know. But so when I was a swimmer, but that, but I, was, I was a full-time athlete. I got paid to swim as an athlete. But again, going back to the definition of athlete, a person who is proficient in sports and other forms of physical exercise. Proficient. Yeah. I need more. What do you mean? Proficient Proficient is competent or skilled in doing something. Yeah, see, it's really so it hard, isn't it? Because you could, again, yeah. you can just drill into all these different terminologies, but a lot of it is self-defining, isn't it? 
What makes... It's like, um, it's, like, it's like that kind of thing of when does someone stop saying, I'm going for a run and then calls, like, I'm not just a, going for a run, I'm a runner. Mm. It's it's sometimes self-identifying, isn't it? But then I think maybe for the, from the hybrid point of perspective, it's there's got to be some identifying criteria to to what you're doing because you get people who do Ironman and go, I'm a hybrid athlete, and then they look down the nose of people who do a 5K and go to the gym. Uh, again, this is, it's probably more of a scale than a set criteria. What are you, what are you Googling now? Well, there's obviously loads of different things in terms of if it's... <laughs> When you go back, if it's not classed as an Olympic sport, you can't class yourself as an athlete anyway. Okay, what do you think of these? Because these, so, okay, on, on next week's guest, who's supposed to be on, I'm not going to name who it is, put a post up because the guest, I would say, is, is up there with one of the best hybrid athletes in the world. Mm-hmm. And they put a comment up about what they, what, like, basically name what you think a hybrid athlete. This, this is some of the comments that came back. In my opinion, it's being able to do anything in the aspect of fitness and do it well. Marathon runner asked me to hit 20 miles. Yep, I'm in. Powerlifter asked me to hit the three big lifts. Load up those plates. Crossfit asked me to hit a Metcon. Let's go. I can't wait to suffer. So on and so forth. Mm. I like the idea of being able to compete in any area of fitness at any given time. I think a hybrid athlete, they at least need to compete in eight of these nine sports. That's, nine that's, that's a lot. That's very triathlon, open water swim, road cycling, mountain biking, trail and road running events, OCR, Decker, and Hyrox. Again, he's mi- what's Decker? D E K A. Is that that new sport that's come out like similar yeah, to Hyrox? In that, that person has missed out the key element to being hybrid strength training alone. Yeah. And this is where everyone's definitions are so different. But by definition, it just says strength and endurance and he missed off a key. <laughs> he just listed eight endurance sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that is true, though. I think being able to swim, cycle, run, train for nothing, ready for anything you say. And I fucking love that. Well, that's what I, I put on his post, great at nothing, ready for anything. And that's pretty much what I'm training for at the moment. Yeah. It's just to be good across different competencies. Someone has said here, and by someone, I mean a article has said, a superior athlete is one who has above average physical skills for strength, agility, and endurance, and is thus more suited for physical competition. So you're above superior. And I think that does clash you as an athlete more so. If you're above the norm. I think we're getting a, very much a, caught up on the definition no, of a fucking hybrid athlete. Yeah. No, I'm more in the word okay, athlete drop, now. Drop your comments on wherever you're listening, YouTube, mm. where it may be. Can we even open a poll up on Spotify, Carl? Yes, we can. What's um, an athlete? Yeah, what is that? What, what, what is, is your definition of a hybrid athlete? athlete? And would like to hear everyone else's thoughts because I don't think there's an absolute definition to this. I think it's very interesting to hear other people's opinions. Um, one of the big things that I was looking at is, and it's been spoken about a lot in this arena of balance and strength and endurance, is the interference effect, um, which a lot of studies have looked at when combining strength and endurance training because they believe there's a, ne- a negative impact on performance and especially on muscle growth as well. So the interference effect is a reduction in the rate of strength gains, power, velocity gains, and hypertrophy observed when adding endurance training to resistance training program. That's the definition of interference effect. I experienced interference effect. <laughs> I was well weak. And the reason why I looked at this as well is because I had a question on the question box this week from one of our listeners. Would you recommend separating weights and cardio to try and mix them if only training once? And... There's once a, co- a day 
Yeah. Okay. And there's a couple of different studies that have been looked on the interference effect and also looking on separating weight and collagen. I think this will be probably quite good for a lot of our listeners. Some of them will be wondering, should I separate her up? Should I do it on different occasions? Do them both together? When's best to do them both together? Training volume, etc. The first study on this was done um, by Hickson in 1980 and found that Concurrent training led to considerably smaller strength gains than resistance training alone. By 2012, there was enough research to warrant a meta-analysis. This meta-analysis suggested that the concurrent training led to smaller strength gains, less muscle growth, and smaller improvements in power output and explosive strength than resistance training alone. So basically, these are kind of, I think, where the first rooted bro memes of cardio kills your gains and mm. um, anything over five reps of cardio. You know, that, that, I think that's probably where this is rooted in. Um, but then there was uh, another meta-analysis done in 2021, which uh, showed that the interference effect should only be a small concern for, for some people some of the time and only in situations where they have, perform, have to perform their endurance and resistance training in the same session. Mm. so back to the question that our listener asked if you're going from 2021 it would be better to separate them up i think it's probably better to separate them up however like we spoke about before on this podcast what's best is what is optimal for you and if you don't have time not how many people have time to train twice a day i think i've only got one day which is twice a day because I, I even i don't have time and it's only twice a day because it's my youtube day so I just have to get my run done in the morning and then I do a yeah. YouTube challenge. It's not really by choice, particularly, that I do it twice in a day. Well, there's, an, there's another um, meta-analysis then done again after that even more recently, which provides evidence that uh, in any modality, it only really affects explosive strength. So the only thing that will be affected if you, for example, listener, combine the running and lifting element together, the only thing that they found it really affects is explosive strength. So your power. So if you jump up and down a lot, don't run and lift simultaneously. I think as well, that's where when you are training twice a day, you must be training for something. Some people just enjoy it. I, I mean, I know some people who train twice a day. I, I mean, yeah. even... Maybe a time. Those people who are trying that program 75 hard, that's two workouts a day. Yeah, but one is a walk. Can one of them be a walk-out that you were looking at doing this? No. Yeah, so it's got to be an outdoor exercise of 45 minutes, but it's typically running. Oh, I thought you could walk. Mm -hmm. I'll double check for you. If it was walking, then everybody does 75 hard because everybody goes for a walk at some point and everyone does a training session. It it just has two 45-minute workouts, one of which has to be outside. I think if you're walking and saying that's a workout, that's not... Yeah, Yeah, I did that 75 hard for one day for a YouTube video and did run, to be fair. Did a 45 minute workout and then a 45 minute because run. Because the actual definition of NEAT is non-exercise non activity thermogenesis, whereas yeah. EAT is planned exercise, exercise which yeah. is what that is. So yeah. I don't think you can class walking, is it? Um, so yeah, I, again, I don't think people should be too, too concerned about doing them back to back. We do it a lot. Like, what did we do yesterday? I did, I trained titties and delts and then did a bit of an AMRAP afterwards. Doesn't really have an, an impact on, on anything unless you're at... Uh, super high volume or you're training for let's say the Boston Marathon where mm. people are training for that you've got to qualify I think so you have to get yeah, really good times three hours 30 I think it is or if you don't deal well with a lot of training volume mm. in one session or maybe you're in a heavy deficit so training for a long period of time like doing weights and then running is just a killer because you don't have the energy um, so yeah I think also as well 
when you do go down more that hybrid route, like I did 25K run on Sunday, legs strength session on Monday with an AMRAP and then a run again this morning. That is, it is so not optimal. Like legs, 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 run. Like realistically it could have been upper body, but I think I almost get so used to training like that. But optimal for what? Not hurting. <laughs> your your training goal <laughs> don't, it don't hurt yeah no but I if it was one of the questions like how do you mix up your week and I'm thinking I would not copy what I do because I have like running legs running le like it's just it's quite hard to put an that I don't know if the perfect schedule exists for hybrid where you won't be doing a leg day into a a run you kind of just get used to it like I quite enjoy running after a leg day when it's an easy run it loosens the legs it makes for at the start it did not i had issues running after leg day but i think when you've been done been doing it for a period of time you just become accustomed to of doing that do. and that becomes the new norm so when some people look at my training split they're like that is awful i'm thinking it's not great but it works for me it's the body's adaptation to stimulus though your body will yeah. always adapt to whatever you you throw at it I and won't be training legs though before the marathon. Yeah, and that's the beauty of the body. It's uh, it's very adaptable to things that you throw at it, and that's that's the definition of survival of the fittest. Almost, it's the it's not um, like who punches the hardest or who moves the quicker. Like the, the survival of the fittest is who's most adaptable to what's in front of you, what you've got to get through, or what you've got to survive. It's uh, human beings adapt and evolve, and that's mm. what we do. I think that's why I really do enjoy watching fittest on earth. The CrossFit Games. Ooh, Those... might, might have one of the athletes on the podcast yeah, soon. Don't give it away. Really cool though. Um... Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. They are. Do you know when people are like, oh, they're not the fit? I'm thinking, but they are, aren't they? They are very, very fit humans. But then you put, you uh, even for high rocks, I know a lot of cross, CrossFit athletes have died in those workouts. I, do you think it's maybe because they, with CrossFit, not when they have, running, yeah, yeah, when they have running elements... It's like a K, whereas high rocks, you've got to do eight Ks. But then you could, you could. I think marathon runners are some of the fittest people. So it's hard, it's hard, isn't it? Fit, do you go I think the question is, what? exactly. I mean, CrossFitters do blow my mind. They'll, they'll oh, yeah. be cycling and then swimming and then they'll do 60 muscle ups and then they'll do a handstand push up and then they'll jerk a thousand kilos and it's like whoa it's so i find this this <laughs> is so interesting the different types of fitness even with our track day at the weekend for my coach's track day yeah darren came yeah we're they got friends. darren yeah good the first part of the session i was ahead of him you know we were just doing the 400 meters sprint well the 400 meter run stop 400 meter run stop but then when we did the 400 meter loop around the track we did 100 meters then 100 meter lunges and 100 meters 100 meter lunges he beat me so it's a different level of fitness because you're then running after fatigue and a build of a waste product and lactic acid and different people are better performing different things there was a girl who came down and was like you should just do 20 air squats before you do your 400 meter run because you're better <laughs> yeah. you've done the 20 air squats some people are just really good at, at performing under fatigue 
You can practice it though. Yeah, of course I you think can. you can train for that. You are very good at 400 meters. You know, I was quite pissed off look, look, looking at Ben doing 400 meters I think I because I can't go that fast. I've, my legs are a little bit longer. Like I've got T-Rex arms and a small torso and then longer legs and then I'm quite powerful. So that over that distance, I'm, I'm all right. Do you know what we need to do? Do you know what we need to do? Do you know what I'm going to say? Bet £10,000 that I'm better for one than you. No. Okay. No, no. I would bet money on this though. What? On that? No, no, no. Okay. No, no. You would beat me. So we both set off on the track and who can... You won't be able to do it. I know what you're going to say. What? I see which, see which point you overtake me. Yeah. But the, the pace that you go out for 5k compared to going out for 400 meters is way different. Yeah, but... Yeah. So I would win. Why would you win? That's just not. It's not. It's not. That's not a race that is measurable. Because I was just seeing. Did you get my point? Like, where would I? What, what distance am yeah, I so actually? The, so a the way runner? that you would then do that is, we'd do a hundred meters, then we'd stop. Then we'd do a two hundred meter race, then we'd stop. Then we'd do a four hundred meter race, then we'd stop. And you do it that way, and you keep keep building up. You you couldn't just go out and go. We're just going to run and see which point you overtake me. Because if we went out and said the first event was four hundred meters, we'd go out like a house on fire, gas out, and then. You can't just continue with that pace. We could do a 3K. Why are we starting a 3K? Because I'm better at all the events before that. You're just you're just cherry picking at what you're better at. <laughs> no, I was see- no, no, because I know you would beat me definitely up to, I think, 800 metres. I'd beat you over a K as well. Over a K? Well, let's listen to you see. When we did the... Uh, what is your quickest K? Don't know, but when we did the Kipchoge thing, I went to a high level and you did. Yeah, do you know what? Actually, I struggle over short distance. But that was over a K. Was it? Mm-hmm. When we did it on that treadmill and yeah. I thought I was going to fly off and die. Yeah. Maybe 2K. I think but I think that's been proven in quite a lot of research. So, you know, with the shorter distances, with men being better at because yeah. we have more muscle tissue, more powerful. And then as, as, the, yeah, as the distance gets bigger, the gap gets smaller between men and women. I love that. I love that for us. I love that we smash in 100 metres. I've just always wanted to challenge you running and just there'll, there'll see be, where there'll, it be, there'll be a distance where it's like most fair, if that makes sense. There'll five. Be, five, be, 5K, me and you. Let's go. I think I think 4K would probably be the closer one. Good that I would beat you at 5K. Because I think your 5K time is better than mine. So what that, is your 5K time? I haven't measured since me and Carl did it and I was built like a bulldozer. I think I got just over 20 minutes. So your your five k at the moment will be better at mine. So I think if you brought it down to four k, that'd probably put us in a in like a zone where it'd be competitive. I'm gonna do that for a YouTube. Yeah, love that. That's I'm already a, there. I I'm think, already envisioning me on that track. I'd have to hold. I would have to hold. So if the five k held a three forty seven pace, so I'd have to hold below that. I think what I just sit on your shoulder to last hundred meters. Yeah, would you run it at the same time or would you try? No, and we'd have to do times? it at a different time. That makes it non-competitive though. Yeah, Ben wants to chase you. Yeah. Yeah, but I don't like that. I don't like... That's a race though. It's a race, We'd baby. have to just go in different lanes. Of course. Or run opposite ways round. You can't do different lanes. You can't, yeah, running more than far, yeah. I don't want you to sit behind me. You can't sit behind me. Why? I'll sit behind you. Okay, fine. Now you slow me down. Exactly, and then I'll just wait to get the hundred. I would be literally, I'd disqualify. Why? Because you can't do that. I'd be on your shoulder going, "You're a bitch." <laughs> How in? I'm very interested by that whole 
thing though. Yeah, of where that peak um, of distance where would be, our yeah. distance would be. Obviously, this is different for every single couple. I'm just highly competitive. Yeah, yeah. No couples that are in it arguing about what to find the perfect character where I beat you. Well, I'm interested. By People that, sitting there watching Coronation Street eating fucking chocolates. Do you know what? We, but running is the only thing we could measure it on. Because you are stronger than me in every other way. Um, maybe if you <laughs> did like weight to power ratio. Oh yeah, we would have to do that because I can't lift your weights anyway. Mm-hmm. Skiing and rower, you are also quite powerful. I do have to But this it. is why I need to get better at running for high rocks because it's something that I'm going to struggle at otherwise. Anyway, new challenge sorted. Don't pigeonhole yourself. I think that's the narrative of hybrid training. And I think, do you know, like looking back on years of training and just sticking to weight training, I put a post up this week, uh, like six or seven days of what my training looks like at the moment. It is so varied. Mm. I was doing sparring in... Uh, car parks somewhere in Santorini I had a bro session with the boys did a body, bodybuilding session did a run with you it's just so varied at the moment I love it I love that I can get up and not do the same thing all the time because mm-hmm. that does bore me a little bit as long as I can measure my progress across different metrics great and I think unless you are a super competitive athlete in any sort of field and you're getting paid to do it or you're really elite or you just enjoy it don't just pigeonhole yourself to one thing. And if you're sitting at home listening to this podcast thinking, that's me. Like, I just get bored going to the gym or I just get bored running or I just get bored doing this one thing. And I've always wanted to try something else. I've always wanted to try maybe doing a martial art. I've always wanted to try going for a run or a swim or a bike or whatever it is. Don't just pigeonhole yourself to doing one thing because you got comfortable doing it and you don't want to step outside the box. Because I guarantee the first time you do it, you'll wish you would have done it soon and you will have taken up a different skill or tried a different modality of training that you will carry on doing for the rest of your life because one of the questions that was asked on this was how did you and Lucy get into like the more hybrid they asked me the same thing sorry Cal also when Ben was just speaking then can you timestamp that because I think that would be a really good real audio I was making my reel in my head as you were saying that really? yeah I was like whoa running cycling swimming. I was then in the gym and my reel was being created because what, what you were saying then is so true mm-hmm. people think they can't do it because they've never tried do you know if Lucy does use that can we just copyright it as well yeah, cool. I'll make it trending <laughs> I will trend <laughs> your sound posters. yeah hey I'm just going to stop this podcast there are 35% of you who listen on a weekly basis but aren't subscribed to the Not So Fit Couple podcast And you need to subscribe because it helps the podcast a lot in terms of who we can get on, who you request and what guests and where we can film. Wherever you are listening or watching this episode, if you've taken any value from any of the episodes that you've listened to this year, make sure that you please subscribe to the channel and make sure that you share it and tell your friends. Back to the episode. But yeah, don't don't pigeonhole yourself basically because also on the flip side of that, if you're if you're like 30, 30 years old and your life is bodybuilding, living out of Tupperware and trying to get as shredded as possible, you're not you're not gonna win Mr. Olympia, mate. You're not gonna be Chris Bumstead, no matter how much you want to wank off his reels. You're too late and you've not got the genetics. So don't limit yourself chasing the dream that isn't gonna become a reality. Because you're gonna waste so much of your life living in the trenches thinking that you're going to be the next big thing when you could be spending your time doing a couple of different things that you enjoy and spreading your energy across different experiences in life with training. But if you enjoy it, carry on doing it. But don't just do it because you think you're going to be the next Chris Bumstead. Yeah, I mean, but we've said this from the start, you will not 
win a marathon and win a bodybuilding competition or win a CrossFit thing and win an ultra. It just doesn't work like that. But being able to do a multitude of things and either just compete in them or try and do quite well in them, it's completely up to you. That's not the point of it. It's just doing different things to to the best yeah. of your ability. Yeah, because either one of those... I got disqualified at my powerlifting competition. <laughs> oh, yeah, you did, you? <laughs> well, not disqualified. I just got red buzzed. <laughs> because either, either of those are like pinnacles at either end, Bumstead and Kipchoge, two completely different things. And like we spoke about before, you can still do both. But whenever it becomes a, a point where your performance needs... Uh, the performance level required to to be at that competency is super super high. That's where there'll become a point where adaptation declines mm. due to the level of performance required to be that you need to be at. Um, an example of this, I've actually thought about this before. For anyone who's been to Disney, you will understand this, right? Imagine, and if you've not been, just I'll I'll take you through it. Disney, there's a ride called Test Track. Yeah, which one's that? Test Track, the one where you go. Run, I think it's, it might Where be you a, build the car. Boom. So you go in and you've got to build a car. Oh, and so within, within that, you've got like, <laughs> you say for example, you get like a hundred points and you can build a different type of car and you can build it however you want. Some people build them really big, like monster trucks. And they're, we did. they're really aggressive. They're strong. They'll bash over cars. Some will be build them light, uh, small Fast. and quick. So there's different things. They've got like agility, speed, strength, power, stop uh, whatever you've got and if you've got 100 points you can apply those into different parts you can apply all those 100 to being the fastest or you can be all, apply going. those 100 points to be the strongest and you can be the best at something or being a hybrid athlete is a bit like taking those points and spreading them across a different syllabus and then you can move those across the scale every now and again to peak at different points but you're never going to be the best at any of them but how many people are going to be the next Chris Bumstead or Kipchoge that's what mm. I keep asking you I like the analogy. I was envisioning... You like any Disney analogy? I do. We send each other memes daily about Disney and we count down the days until we next go. What was the last one that I sent you? Oh. It was Pixar. You sent me Pixar Planet. Did I? Yeah. Anyway, did you want to go on to a few questions that people have asked us specifically about running and lifting? Because I'm assuming there might be questions other people are thinking. Yeah. I was going to say, are people looking for other people to, to like look at in the industry? People are breaking down some of these barriers or people are pushing the barriers of what is doable as a hybrid athlete. I think yourself is definitely breaking some of those barriers, I think. I think you are as well now after you're carrying stuff where you're going more into... Yeah, mine's different. Like my, my, I was a real extreme. Um, Fergus, who's been on the podcast before. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick Bear, who hopefully will be on the podcast next year. Uh, these are cool people to look out for who are really trying to push the barriers of what is a, what is doable as a hybrid athlete. Yellow runner. Yellow runner. She does she do much strength stuff though. Yeah. Does she? Yeah. Okay. She's I'd like a lot to of strength training, but she does like two hundred and fifty mile races. I'd say she's awesome. I'd also say probably Steffi Cohen. Yeah, she is definitely more so now. Does a bit more like the stuff that I do though in terms of heavy lifting, but then does martial arts. So she does a lot of boxing. Mm. It's really impressive. Um. But yeah, the scale you can move up, up or down. Should I go? Are you going to go into questions? Yeah, it was actually... Sorry, one more thing before we do that. This is another note that I made. I think I'd like to know what your th- th- thoughts on this are. Me or the audience? Everyone, you, Cal. <laughs> Everybody, Cal, it's us. <laughs> I, I've thought about this a lot just because I spent 10 years of my life just bodybuilding. 
And going from bodybuilding then to trying to do things like running, like martial arts, picking up quite a few injuries when I first started getting into it. And I think when you focus on performance, um, then I've completely lost my chain of thought. I did write oh. a note on it and it's gone. Oh. It's going to come back to me. It's going to come back to me. Come on, Ben. You're going to remember it. If you focus on performance. If you focus on performance, <laughs> there is, I guess there's more chance of you, you're going to look better. If you train to look better, you won't always be able to move better. In fact, I think you will move worse. Sorry, say that last bit again. <clears throat> if you just focus on aesthetics or the way that you look, you won't always move better. And in fact, I believe that in a lot of cases, you will move worse. I absolutely agree. If you just focus on bodybuilding, you're like a robot. But this comes down to the thing of like what people who focus on training like an athlete or focus on endurance will look like. And I think the common misconception is that you're going to end up looking like a marathon runner. Yeah, that, yeah. I think people who think running in general, you think you're going to turn into literal Mo Farah. Like it, it, it's just not, it's just, if you're already quite ectomorphic, I think I've just made up a word. If you already have an ectomorph frame and you do more running, you are more likely to look like the stereotypical runner. But if you are where we are and started how we started, I don't, don't really think your shape's going to change that much at all. I think you'll probably look better. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree. I think there's a lot of um, binary thinking when it comes to these kind of topics. Yeah. So even with the hybrid stuff, I'm a hybrid, you're not a hybrid, you can't run yeah, more yeah. than 5K. Mm. What are about? Oh, I ran a 20, but I'm more of a hybrid. Than no, mm. why don't we just say everyone's an athlete, if you do lifting and you do endurance stuff, you're hybrid as well. Fuck it, call yourself a hybrid athlete. Mm -hmm. You're, you know, not as good of a hybrid athlete as some people. Whatever. But yeah, there's nothing saying that if you do a lot of running, then you've got to look like, you know, I'm a runner, so I don't train for aesthetics. Well, why don't you just do both? I, I think, can't. I still think though, mate, I still think there's so many people that think, oh, if I run, I'm going to lose all my gains. I honestly think that, because I get questions about it all the time. And maybe because we live in this different sphere now, the way that we train, and we are maybe proven or disproven that there's still so many people who think, oh, I can't run because I'm going to lose my gains. Mm -hmm. I speak to friends who still think it. Dan on holiday, mate, how do you run? How do you run and still keep muscle? It's it's they're not they're not both they're not counterintuitive. You don't run and then muscle melts away. Mm. It's not the way that it works. But you do need to keep up with your strength training you and do. your food. I think food's a real big one because if you actually don't eat enough and do start running hella a lot. You, yeah, you probably will lose a bit of muscle, but you're you're not going to do that because you're already building, you're in the gym, you're lifting weights, you're eating, you're fueling your performance, adding running into it, you might, hell, eat a little bit more. I think there's, there's, there's a difference between the path that you've previously had. So if you're a lifter who's coming in to do more running versus a runner who's coming to do more lifting, they require different chains of thought. Because when you start running a lot, I think it's is, it's, it's quite difficult to put a lot of muscle on. Mm. But if you're com coming from someone who's got quite a lot of muscle and you start running, you're not going to lose a lot of muscle, but you're not going to continue to build. And I think this is what happens sometimes is, I know it's probably happened for me and some of maybe my earlier followers, is or even new followers, sorry, they've not seen me doing lifting for 10 years and then running and lifting thinking, fucking hell, I'll just run and lift and then I'll be like that. Mm. 
I've lifted for 10 years, built a base of a lot of muscle tissue, and now I run. Versus someone who's coming in from maybe a running background who's wanting to lift and going, I'll, I'll lift and run like Ben and I'll build this physique is is two different things. Does that make sense? I'm stopping asking that question now. I'm raising that question because it does make sense. I'm just trying to confirm what I'm saying because I'm not confident in what I'm saying. Yeah, it does. Absolutely. I, I just... Do you know when you were saying before I did 10 years of bodybuilding? I did 10 years of cardio. Oh, so you're coming up in the different... I, I was, was the... I was the. I, I think mean, you were quite jacked. You had that swimmer's body there, didn't you? I wasn't jacked. I was just very small, lean and athletic. So you could see the six... But I wasn't... There was no muscle on me. There was. Nah. We'll pop up a picture. It wasn't... Yeah. Athletic. But then I put on 10 kilos of... Yeah. Bit of fat, bit of muscle, probably mainly muscle, and then started running. So again, but I think we're quite open about that. We've always been in sport. I think if you've always been in sport and you've grown up in it, your body will adapt maybe a little bit better to doing a multitude of things. Well, especially me, I went from cardio solely to bodybuilding solely to doing both. So it was kind of, it made sense. Mm-hmm. I was so small. Most people go into that hybrid element doing that, though, don't they? they mm. They've they've done a specific one skill, and then we'll try. I mean, people do it with martial arts, don't they? You find a lot of UFC fighters who've done. They'll just do BJJ or they'll just do um, Muay Thai, and then now they want to go into the UFC, so they've got to now practice different skill sets. I suppose like UFC in terms of fighting is like the hybrid fighter. It, it, it pretty much is because you've got to be good at a lot of different competencies to be in that octagon. Does UFC stand for Ultimate Fighting Club? I think is it Ultimate Fighting Club or Championship? Championship. There you go. Yeah. Ah, uh, I thought it was United Fighting Club. It's it's the Ultimate Fighter, isn't it? Because you've got yeah. to be good at all competencies and be ready for anything. So is that what Conor McGregor is? Mm-hmm. I get really confused. We watched Creed the other day, and I thought that was actually a really good film. Creed Three. It's 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 good, but it's really cheesy, isn't it? I mean, I like it. You like anything cheese? I do. Um. But one of the questions that was quite interesting, because I think we have, do you remember how we got into running? That's Lock, one of the questions. Uh, uh, what bit, pulled bit you lockdown, to start but... running and what, and what made you stay? But do you remember the specific, re- there's a specific reason it wasn't lockdown. It was around the time of lockdown, but there's a specific reason me and you started running. And I still don't think we would have done it without that failure. I think for me, am I talking for me or for us? Us. Yeah, you go. I'm lost. Me and Ben applied for SAS Who Dares ah, Wins okay, yeah. and nearly got on the show. As in, we nearly got on. We did all the doctor's papers. I'm not supposed, supposed, supposed to say this, but I am. Here we are three years later. We did it. And then they were like, you need to start running. Yeah, to be fair, we did sign you need a confident, to start training. confidential disclosure agreement. But, did we? Yeah. Did we? I think my passport, we're by the by now. We're deep into the podcast. You've opened it up. Cal, do we floor. have to cut it out? No, no go on. Fuck it. We didn't put us on the show, did they? Go on, fuck him. I've applied for it yeah, every send year. Send a note, Cal. Me on. <laughs> send a note. Mum, write me a note. Um, no, and they were like, well, you need to do more running. So we just picked up and started doing 10Ks. We didn't, we didn't even, we like didn't even ease in. We just thought, and then we started walking on the treadmill with these massive things on. And then unfortunately, we didn't get put on the show at last minute. But by the by, I don't think we would have started running. We literally just started doing 10Ks. I, I used to do a bit of running when I was trying to drop I mean, weight. We, yeah, I did. we did bits, but this was, we did bits, but this was consistent and then we never stopped. Yeah. 
I think you've raised, that is the reason. I think you've raised a couple of good points there, which has led me on to, I used to do a bit of running to try and lose weight. Please don't do that. Don't treat running mm-hmm. like it's a hamster wheel to burn calories because the reason why I say that running is such a beautiful thing is the body's natural way to navigate the earth and to move around and explore. Don't turn it into something where you just go out and run to burn calories because trust me, you will end up hating it. You, you will end up with a poor relationship with running because you will only use it to expend calories, which I think has a finite time limit to it because you will just exhaust it and you'll hate it. Mm. So don't use it for that reason. Use it to, to move better, use it to function better, use it to be fitter and use it to just move around and connect with people as well because that's what we use it for now. Um, the other thing that you mentioned was around training volume and going straight to 10K. The reason I bring this up is because someone also asked um, about finding the right running volume or training volume and also how to avoid injury as a high, uh, when you're doing hybrid training. And you mentioned there, oh, we just went straight to 10K. There's this, this kind of unwritten rule around hybrid training slash running and increasing running volume and don't increase it by more than 10% per week. However... I think there's some nuance in that in when you are more of a beginner, you can increase it by more than 10% per week because training volume is going to blow anyway. Because if you start at, let's say you run, go out and start with 2K mm. or 3K, if you're going to increase 10% per week, you're going to be that real low volume for a long period of time where you've also got this uh, novelty effect of like newbie gains where you're going to get better quite quickly and you'll be able to increase the training volume by more than 10% per week. However, if you're more of an intermediate trainer and you may be already doing 10s or 20Ks or or if it, or more than that, more than 10%. So you say so you're doing 20% could be quite a lot. Mm. It could be quite a lot per week. Like if you're doing 20K per week and you're increasing by 20%, quick maths, that 24K, that is quite a big jump from week to week maybe, especially if you're pushing the limits of intensity as well. So that 10% rule is a, is a good rule of thumb, but as a beginner, just be careful because you probably can do a bit more than that 10%. And then when it comes to um, find the right training volume, I often sometimes struggle to answer this question because it's very much dependent on the the individual. It also depends what you're training for. I think quite considerably, it could it could be so different. This could, could be ninety like k a week, lifting could and be running. fifty. Lifting and running, like how do you find the right volume? Again, though, it takes us back to the very start of the podcast in terms of what what is your current hybrid level? Are you doing a couple of 2Ks or are you doing a couple of 20Ks a week? If you're in a couple of 20s, you're going to be hitting at 50, 60Ks. Yeah, it depends on how you split it down, how many days, how many sessions, uh, the paces are, what you're mm-hmm. running for. Uh, there's a lot of deciding factors that come into it and it depends on the effort level, the RPs, the easy runs, the interval runs. <laughs> I guess to, sit, to kind of sit on the fence of it will be a lot of it is trial and error. Absolutely. A lot of it's finding out about your body is, and we'll be looking at, okay, where am I getting more bang for my buck in terms of if you're fatiguing the body to the point where performance is dipping, that's where you know you're uh, overtraining, overreaching probably. Mm. Overreaching is the better word. Overreaching is when um, your performance is going to be decreasing. So you, there'll be a point where increase volume, increase volume, you get better, you get better. But then there'll be a point of where that'll level off and you're not actually getting more performance out of the energy and effort you're putting in. And that's where you'll kind of find your natural volume will be. That will be able to increase because like we spoke before, adaptation. 
your body is very adaptable to different stimulus and modalities of exercise and you'll be able to increase that volume or you'll need to increase that volume or intensity or something within that training regime in order to get better. And you will get better. I think that's one of the things when you first start something, your end goal could seem so far away and almost impossible because depending on if you're doing a lot of running, if you're doing marathons or ultras, you might start on like I did like 30k weeks and it went up to 90 that's 60 more K. Mm-hmm. Remember that first 30 K I did and my life was over. I went through the front door and I was like, I can't, I, I physically, this is impossible. And then months later I did a 60 K finished with a smile on my face. And that's a really important thing. When you first start running and lifting or you start running more, the end goal, whether it is a goal or it's a distance or it's whatever it is, it can seem so far away, but it's the progress that you take week by week, it's the steps you take, it's the consistency. I just posted before on my Instagram about the different programs that we have on my coach and the reason that we program in a specific way and have so many different running programs is because everyone has different goals. We have the 5K program, we have the 10K programs, we have the hybrid half, we have the two marathon programs. I'm going to bring out another marathon program. And it gives you the ability to progress through to start on 0K and finish on a half, to start on mm-hmm. 10K and finish on a marathon. I think it's really fulfilling. And we've also got a lot of people who don't compete. Like you said before, you you don't need to race. People are recreational runners. Yeah. yeah, you don't need to race a marathon to have done a marathon. You could just go off and do a marathon. You don't need to race. You know, some people get a bit pedantic about it. Do what you're comfortable with but also try and push those boundaries a little bit and a little bit and a little bit week on week Mm -hmm. to see those improvements. I think one of the main reasons why people won't progress though is due to injury. And this is the thing that people going into a program won't even think about because when you're not injured, you don't think about it. It's like that thing that when you get ill, all you can think about is all you, the thing you can't imagine is being better. I think that's what happens with injuries. People don't think about it until they're injured. And there's some, there's different varying numbers on this, but one of them is that 30 to 65% of recreational runners will get injured at some point when doing a uh, a marathon training block. So what advice do you think we can give to people on if they're doing marathon running or if they're doing any kind of long distance enduring running with inside a hybrid block? What advice can we give to people so that they don't get injured? So let's spitball a few things that they can do. I think definitely depending on, everyone has weaker areas. Mine's my ankles and my hips. Bingo, number one warm them up, get them ready, get them a bit more mobile, be aware of those. Everyone has niggles. Everyone has niggles. I've got a niggle in my ankle at the moment. I'm like, oh my God, do your rehab around it. Warm up a bit, exercise, keep it strong. That's where strength training helps. Strengthen it. Yeah. People stretch the areas, which just elasticates the muscle and it goes back to normal. Strengthen the, what happens every time Mm -hmm. we go to see our uh, guy at physio, Lee? Yeah. It doesn't, we're not doing stretching and mobility work. We're looking strengthening. at strengthening the areas. If you've got weak points, yeah. weak hamstring, weak glutes as a runner, strengthen your weak areas. Mm-hmm. Create a strong base for you to run from. Yeah. That is key. Also, one of the other things that uh, Lee, I don't know what he class himself as. I don't want to call him the wrong thing. I don't know. He's not a chiropractor. No. He's elite anyway. Mm. But um, he says you shouldn't be really be running unless you can do 20 calf raises on each side because the thing you've got to think about is you're putting all of your body weight landing on one leg and pushing off it so one thing to do if you're doing a lot of running at the moment 
is try and build up to doing 20 reps on each side. Mm -hmm. That is a good goal to have as a runner. Or full a range athlete. of motion. Full range, yeah. We're not doing these hippy-dippy, shitty-ass reps. Yeah, it's full, full repetitions. And then when you get when you can do that, go into doing sprinter car freezes, which is where you'll lean into it like a sprinter because mm -hmm. that's the, the natural sort of posture you'll take when running is being a little bit further over the foot and push off the ball of the foot. As you said before, progressing, progressing. Well, if the end goal is a marathon, you're not going to go off that week and do a 38K. You might do a 10K. Like, don't look at the end goal and think, oh my God, I need to be there right away. If you constantly run at those levels and that high, that's not as bad. But don't just dive in and increase the distance and increase the speed ridiculously. You need to build up to those levels and you can't just... I don't know why I'm looking at the camera so intensely today. You need to increase those levels week on week step by step rather than just diving straight in because that's when you can get injured. This is why you follow a programmer because mm -hmm. then that's never in doubt. You're never questioning, yeah. am I doing too much training volume? As long as the program is specific for you, it doesn't have to be specific and it doesn't have to be personalized, just based on your ability of where you're up to and running. Don't don't say you're an advanced runner and do an advanced training program when you're doing two or three Ks at the moment. S stick to something that is more with inside your ability range and stick to the training mm -hmm. volume increases in that as well as strengthening Again, don't want to put too much emphasis on this, but it is still important. The correct footwear. Yeah. You need something that is good for you. I like to wear a thicker really? shoe, such as a, as a hoker or a hocker, however you like to say it, because I just find that I get injured less with a bit more cushion for the pushing, whereas Lucy finds training something a little bit more speedier and lightweight better for her. But because I'm a heavier guy, I prefer a little bit more of a something to land on and push off. Yeah, I think footwear is definitely important. And... Trainers can be a little bit more on the expensive side nowadays, but I really would say if you are running a lot more, investing in a pair of good shoes will be the best thing you do because it is worse when you start loving your running and enjoying it and then you get injured and then you physically can't run. That's really quite a killer. Yeah, and, and, and it is a lot of time, your shoes. Know when to replace them. I think the yeah. the, 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 the the guidelines around every 300 to 500 miles. Oh, I'm way pe over that. People, people wonder why they get injured sometimes. My dad, for example, doesn't understand why his shoes now feel, feel different. I'm like, Dad, you had those shoes from before I was born. Get yeah, a new pair of shoes, you're tramp. Miles. Do you know what I mean? Just <laughs> replace your shoes because otherwise you will get injured again because you'll lose that sort of bounce and, and, and cushioning in the shoe, which will be worn out, especially if you a more heavily weighted on one side. Mm. Yeah, that's about 800k. Yeah. So again, just be aware of like, I'm not saying write down a notepad every time you're going for a run and this is how far I've been in these shoes, but just keep a rough rough guideline of how long you've had them for. Mm. Uh, and then hail striking can be, I'm not getting into hail striking because No, because everyone's technique is so yeah. different. I think if you're, if you're having niggles and injuries, go and get your running gait tested. Yeah, yeah. Running shops do it. So many running shops do it. Um, physios and things like that I don't think sportsmen see as well but physios they will check your running gait and how you run whether your ankles rolling in rolling out your knee position your hip position are you pulling through are you heel striking are you toe striking and they'll go through it with you we're not going to give you that advice because we are not running gait specialists um, but that is definitely a good thing to do and go and get it done yeah, to be careful, I think the other thing is probably a lot of people get injured with intervals and speed work. It is a lot more demanding on the body. Yeah. I would I would say one of the the, the key tips from me, uh, being a heavier guy who does speed work, is I 
have not got anywhere near as many injuries doing speed work when I do it on the track versus doing it on the road. Just because the track is a lot more forgiving, uh, it's a lot more cushioned, it's a lot more springy. Although it feels weird at first when you go and do it, if you've got a track near you and you can just jump on and do some speed work if it's in your program, do it on a track because I guarantee you'll feel a lot better doing it there. And also you don't have to dodge past Mrs. Miggins carrying out the shop or stop for the traffic lights and stuff when, mm. when you're on the road. Agree. I think we've... I don't want to give too many that aren't relevant. I think yeah, we're the ones no, who no, said that. No, no, I think we give, we give way enough. Oh, absolutely relevant. And they're just looking after your body. You know, you might need to stretch a little bit more if you start running and lifting because you'll find that you're always sore. Always. I'm sore right now. Don't don't feel guilt-tripped into running either. If you need to take time off because you're mm. so fucking sore, take take the time off even if it isn't in in your program. I had to do it for quite a few weeks because I had niggles and I was like, it's just not the right time to run. And yeah. then when we went to Santorini... Felt in a great space and pretty much ran every mm. day and didn't lift at all. Mm. Yeah, we didn't actually lift in Santorini, did we? I mean, the gym wasn't great either and we we were just preferring to run out there anyway. Yeah. Also, that is a beautiful thing. We used to, a lot of the time when me and Ben went on holiday, would book the hotel based around a gym, whereas now we'd be like, well, we'll just run. You know, you don't lose your gains in the yeah. week, guys. That's the beautiful thing about running. You can run anywhere, anytime, anywhere, any anytime, distance, any place. any place. With whoever you want, you'll meet people. I think that's the thing about the running community. It's great. Everyone smiles. Run Club this week, by the way, if anyone's speaking about it's running. It's going to be a busy one. We've got a busy week this week, so I don't think there's that many spaces left for this Sunday. Um, Carl, can we pop the link into it, the WhatsApp group? If you want to join the WhatsApp group, we have a Run Club, which is northwest-based at the moment in Cheshire, but we will be hopefully rolling them out uh, across different cities next year. Uh, this week's Run Club will be at the Brio Leisure Centre again at 9am Sunday morning until 10. Some of those are Harrocks-based sessions, so we do, do take sandbags down, dumbbells, etc. to do different workouts to switch it up. And then afterwards, what are we doing? We're going to get a pumpkin spice. Yeah, so we're all meeting at Starbucks afterwards for some pumpkin spice lattes, a bit of a chit-chat and just some good energy. Yeah, I really, really should be at this one, but I have my last marathon pace run. Mm-hmm. 25k marathon pace finish at starbucks boom we hope you love this week's episode i mean it was supposed to be about running lifting and it ended up being hybrid af and that's probably what we'll call it cal will call it something like that yeah and on that note hopefully the next couple of weeks we've got quite a few different hybrid-esque athletes who are in different fields mm. and at the top of their games uh, very interesting people coming up again though if, if there's someone who you'd like to see on the podcast we'll always do our very best to make sure that we connect with them and get them on so in the comment section we do always look at your suggestions so please mm-hmm. continue to do so um because we'd love to hear it yeah more. and as always stay tuned stay subscribed keep liking why should people subscribe sharing because of the best podcast out there and and it helps us a lot why Guess okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it helps us get better guests on, helps us get a better reach, helps us grow the channel and continue what he to said. be awesome. Yeah, I did also say that as well though. Yeah. Bye. Say hi with AF. Ooh.